The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Want to welcome in our new sponsors, the Breeders' Cup, and be sure to check out the three upcoming Breeders' Cup Challenge Series. Win and you're in races from Belmont Park on Saturday, June 11th. Live coverage starts at 5 p.m. Eastern on NBC for the Hillendale Metropolitan Handicap, the Met Mile. We call featuring, it the Met Mile. What is it? Who's, who's in that race? Flightline. <laughs> oh, Flightline. <laughs> Just kidding. The Ogden Phipps and the Jaipur. Winners will receive an automatic starting spot in the gate for the Big Ass Fans Dirt Mile, the Longines Distaff, and the Turf Sprint, respectively. We look forward to highlighting these Breeders' Cup Challenge Series races across the In the Money Media Network. And I'll be there, Michelle, on Saturday. Oh, that? very nice. We have to find us a guest. One of, one of these owners is going to have to come on our show. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, Breeders' Cup. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch. I'm the founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. We've been doing this for a long time, and my co-host is the wonderfully talented Michelle Yu. Michelle? Hi, Billy. Hi, Michelle. How are you? How was your weekend? Oh my, was it a week? Yeah, I mean, my weekend I work, so it's just, it's been crazy busy, and this is Olivia's last week in school. This is literally the first time I've sat down since we got up at six o'clock this morning. Wow. Well, I want you to take a deep breath. We have a very good show. We have a very good friend of mine, and yours probably, Bob Leewald is going to join us and um, tell us his thoroughbred ownership journey, which started, which started with a lunch with yours truly. I love it. Yeah. So um, he's now a, an investor in Little Red Feather. He has a horses with Eclipse. He has horses with Starlight. He is a prominent member of the TOC. He breeds and owns his own horses with his lovely, lovely wife, Lucy. And, uh, and he wants to talk about um, sports wagering and how that's going to affect horse racing in California. Excellent. A lot of stuff to go over. His name is Bob Leewald. His name is Bob Leewald. <laughs> I said Bob Leewald. I don't think you did. I did. For you sure. Did? Yes. Uh, okay. Since you Check were like, tape. since you were the start of his journey, did you get jealous when he went to like other partnerships? You know, not really. Um, Bob and I really uh, have been close throughout this entire last, I don't know, ten years. He'll probably know. And um, I've never stopped or been jealous of anybody who wants to try new things. I think that's mm-hmm. a good thing. You know, find out where you like it best where you fit in you know there are people who i I have people who are in multiple partnerships and you know we just have to do the best job we can to make sure you're happy and make sure you're comfortable and there's going to be people who fit better with a west point or an eclipse than they do little Mm -hmm. red feather and there's going to be people who fit better with us than they do with the others so Mm -hmm. it's it's really um people dependent how's that okay uh and and i think so the answer to your question is no (laughs) I mean, honestly, like I would tell you, like, look, do I, um, you know, I'm a Michelle, you know, this in this game, there are haters, right? There are haters going to hate, 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 there are people who just root against 
You mm-hmm. know, you do something that, you know, you, whatever. I am not a hater. Right. I root for my friends. I, I know a lot of trainers. I know a lot of owners. And, you know, we're a very small community. And if, if you if you don't root for each other or congratulate each other or do that kind of thing, I, I, I think it's bad. I don't mm-hmm. like people who hate. Now, there are certainly people in this game who I am not fond of. And I do not root for them, but I don't hate them. <laughs> I do not root for them. Right. So there's no program slapping? Or... No. No, 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 no. You're not a hater. No, I'm not. I think people, if you're a hater, you know you're a hater. But, like, I say things like, oh, you know, like, every time, like, a Horonis horse runs, that's, like, odds on. I'm like, I hate to be a hater to you. But I'm trying to beat you here, right? But, like, it's not because but we that's not a hate. That you're not hating. You're hating just betting on the horse. Like, that's yes. totally different. Exactly. You're not hating on the people who own Never. the horse or train the horse. They're the best people in the whole right. world. Exactly. All right, Michelle, let's get into it. Let's get okay. into our three things of note and get this out of the way so we could talk to Bob because no one wants to hear us talk. Although okay. we have gotten a lot of fun comments lately. All right. So yeah. first thing of note is like it's kind of like a tree, right? Because it's Belmont is the first thing of note is coming up. Oh, so is um, this like we- a tree themed three things of note? Well, it's going to be like I have two additional things of note but like the main trunk is going to be this belmont thing right all right and on belmont i have more than one thing to talk about i understand okay i got belmont you. Is coming up on saturday and the draw is tomorrow okay and we're so taping that's this a- on a monday afternoon by the way yeah sorry yeah. um and then so we have some belmont news first thing so this is going to be a branch is that bobby flay has bought into a belmont contender he has purchased a piece of we the people so that's exciting. We always like, um, you know, when we have people buying in last minute, I feel like those horses get a lot of attention. Yeah. So if you don't know who we the people are, he was a 10-length winner of the Peter Pan, which earned him a free berth into the Belmont Stakes. Now, Bobby Flay has also done this before. He bought into Creator right, right before he won the Belmont in 2016. Correct. Yes. Do you get uh, the whole name? I, the name is great. He's by Constitution, right? Right. Do you know the song? Are you There's too young s- for that? There, for the Declaration of Independence? No. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility. Is that from uh, the rock. bill? The, the guy that... the School Rock, yeah. No, it's the not... Guy that's like, it's not no, but School it's like the guy rock. that sometimes he like he's dressed like a bill and he like yes, tells. Yes, I'm just yeah, a bill okay. and I'm only a bill. Yes, here on Capitol Hill. <laughs> yes, that's okay. I, I was it. super young when that was out, yes. but I do remember like tidbits of it, I'm but I don't remember. Um, I can't remember what it was called. School, so, some schoolhouse rock or something. I can't remember. Anyway, um, congratulations, Bobby Flay, and uh, wish you good luck with also your co-owners, Windstar and Commonwealth and Sienna Farm. Yes, lots of lots, lots of people. Lots of owners on We the People. Owning a El Chararito. Um, okay. Who second. else is running, Michelle? Oh, in the Belmont. Yeah. I've got a whole like I did a whole rundown on this. There was actually a pretty decent sized field. Although before, real quick, let me get into this. Okay. The um, the other like little branch of mine is that Ethereal Road was supposed to run in the Belmont. He, he is no longer going to be running yes. in the Belmont quarter because crack. he got hurt. Right. Okay. So, or uh, yeah, I guess it's not hurt technically, but quarter crack. So he's out. So um, we do have uh, Rich, Rich Strike, obvious of the Kentucky Derby winner. Someone created- said, who was talking to me? And they go, uh, and I said, uh, oh, was, I think it was my sister. I said, she was like, who do you like in the Belmont? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't even looked. She goes, I like Richie. And I'm like, who's Richie? <laughs> 
That's his name. Everyone she goes, calls it's him Rich Strike. They call him Richie. I was like, yeah. oh, really? That's hysterical. Richie. Richie. Um, creative minister who was third in the Preakness. Yes. Nest is under consideration for yes. Pletcher. I haven't seen that she's not anymore. No, uh, I think she is. I think okay. she's running. Skippy Longstocking. Yep. We the people we've already talked about. Yep. Uh, Barbara Road, my boy. He's back in town. And he actually just got into New York. Uh, Mo Donegal, who's Nest's stable mate. Yep. He yep. was fifth in the Derby, I think. Um, Ethereal Road, who is out now. Western River. Um, Gold and Golden Glider. Okay. Golden I, Glider. I have like a, an echo, Michelle. Do you hear that? No. Okay. Like I sound echoey? No, or I have an echo with you. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking maybe it's coming out of your headphones or something. No, nope, no, nope, okay. no. Okay. Um, so what else? A, um, okay. So my second thing of note is I just want to issue a congratulations to Mind Your Biscuits, who got his very first winner. Um, Mind Your Biscuits is standing in Japan and his first... Winner is a Japanese bred colt who is obviously racing in Japan, and his name is Bright Color. Oh, okay. okay, congratulations. I like I like mind your biscuits, so I had to note that. Of course you do. Um, and then the third thing is, you know, because we are always talking about owners and how you get into the game, have yes. to just mention there's a couple That's of what opportunities. That's the name of our show is. Exactly. A couple of opportunities going on. Um, the June OBS sale. And also the there is another digital phasic Tipton sale that is online going on through June 9th. Oh, that's a good. It, I think it only has like thirty horses though. It's not, or maybe well, even less. Well, they've been doing these like flash sales too, with like one horse only. Right. Um, Do you think so that's I, a good idea or a bad idea? You know, I think it's cool if it's like a horse that people want i mean if it's like a no name like oh here's a 15 year old broodmare well yeah they're not going to sell that horse i mean they're they're doing it with like a two-year-old that wins first time out right right? interesting could be i think it's interesting too i don't you know it's better than having six bloodstock agents call you and say hey are you interested in this horse you know and you're like um you're the fifth person that called me right so uh also did you happen to see at epsom the uh the the william buick headbutt Oh, from the horse in the starting gate? Yeah. Yeah, that was wild. Okay, wh- how did the starter let them go? Listen, they do things differently there. You okay, know that. Okay, so in case you didn't see, right, William Buick was on uh, Blue Trail, and the other the horse next to him in the stall, like, reared up, flipped over, and, like, knocked William Buick. And there's a video of, like, every horse in the stall you can see. And William Buick, like, rolls his head back, like, like got punched by Holyfield, right? And he's like leaning Holyfield backwards. Or Tyson. <laughs> he's like leaning backwards on like the end of the horse, like, and he's he's like off the horse, right? And yeah, he's like weird. sitting there, and you're thinking like, okay, they're gonna like put these horses like back in, they're gonna back someone out. I mean, the horse that reared up and hit him, he barely had his head back in the stall. Buick is leaning over like the plant the pontoons, and they set the horses on the way. Yeah, I, well, that's what they do. I don't I mean, know what to tell you. He is like, he, he literally, his legs are like standing on the pontoons and the horses go. Like, lucky he didn't just fall on his butt at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. You're 100% right, Michelle. It was crazy. I have sad news. What? Oh, no. Yeah. You and I died. Oh, yes. I saw that. 31 year old. Yes. Multiple graded stakes winner had been pensioned at Old Friends Farm. Um, campaigned by Edmund Gann and uh, Hall of Famer Bobby Frankel. Do you know, here's a little trivia. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. One of the second horses, actually the second horse 
we ever bought was by you and I, and it was a filly, and her name was I Miss You. Oh, I love it. Did you yeah. spell it Y-U? <laughs> I should have. I don't think, <laughs> you might not even have been born when I had right? that horse. I think it was in probably like 2002, I was certainly born then, but I get you. I don't know. Yeah, it was a baby. Okay. All right, so here's what we're going to do, Michelle. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get all of our uh, fantastic sponsors a mention. So please, if you're listening to this, listen up, because we have good things to read and talk about. Uh, and then we're going to come back with Bob Leewald. Fair? Yay! All right, let's do it. Fixed Odds Betting, powered by BetMakers, is back and in effect at Monmouth Park, and the early returns are fantastic, with 70% of winners paying more on Fixed Odds than they are on the tote. Soon, Fixed Odds Wagering will be available throughout the state. This is an exciting new way to bet that really puts the power to get value in your hands. The odds you bet are the odds you get. You'll be... You'll be continuing to hear a lot more about Fixox betting opportunities across the In the Money Media Network. All right, back here on the Owner's Box. We told you we had a special guest. It is my man, Bob Leewald. I, Bob, I already introduced you previously in the show, so they all know that you and I had lunch. Like, how many years ago was that? Like, eight years ago. Probably close to the date eight years ago. It's crazy how, how fast it went. How did that come about, though, the lunch with Billy? I need to write down. Yeah, this. tell the story. It's a good story. <laughs> you need to write down. Uh, I've been involved in sports my whole life. Uh, I was one of the first people who worked for Foot Locker. I worked for Fila, ran Fila USA, and signed Grant Hill and Jerry Stackhouse and some basketball players, and then started Fanatics. I was one of the four founders of Fanatics. And decided in 2011 or 12, uh, working 70 hours a week and uh, spending 52 weeks a year working was not in the cards anymore. And <laughs> I can't imagine wanted, why. Wanted to replace it. So uh, I wanted something that was sports related, gambling related, and animal related because those are three passions for me. And that checked all the boxes. So I Googled around and in 2013 and 14 and found syndicates. And that was a good way to put my toe in the water. And Billy didn't have to do much arm twisting. And it was a dry lunch, believe it or not. And <laughs> it was a dry lunch. That's true. What do you, if you remember the name of the place, I'll be shocked. I know it was in Culver City. I know exactly where it's at. Uh, I have never been back there since then. <laughs> it was, I was doing some consulting work right next door to it practically uh about you know two blocks away actually uh for a brand called junk food uh at the time oh i remember and yeah yeah and, why and, was it dry <laughs> you know we didn't know uh, each other you know, i mean I we just working. I think yeah, I he was, was working. working in an office at the time so okay. uh we just had a good lunch actually and yeah it was it was a lot I, of fun and and, and since so let me ask you this eight years later did you ever anticipate that you would own, and you're going to go into this, as many horses as you do, you're breeding, you're in three or four different syndicates, you own horses on your own you with your, and with your lovely wife, yeah. Lucy, who everybody is in love with. And did you, I mean, did you ever, and you have won yeah. the Kentucky Derby, you've won the Breeders' Cup uh, Classic. I mean, how is this possible? I don't know how it's possible. I'm just a very lucky person. Uh, 
and very willing to give money away, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, we're going to, we're going to talk a lot about, um, TOC related stuff because you are a prominent member of the third bed owners of California. We're going to get into that later, but I, I, Michelle is chomping at the bit. I'm going to ask one quick question to kind of get you going on your thoroughbred ownership uh, journey. If there were a couple of key moments that kind of steered you in the right direction, forget about our lunch. What, what, how, what would they be? Talk us through, you know, your, that journey. Well, for me, it's, it's, I went into it for, you know, obviously I was not thinking we were going to make a lot of money and didn't think we would make any money. I didn't think we, you know, the expectations were, you know, from a financial standpoint, we're all that great, but the experience was the thing that we were looking forward to. And so the, you know, the, from the very minute, like <clears throat> you introduced us to the trainers, we got to be backside. I got comfortable with Phil and, uh, you know, a couple of the other trainers and they got comfortable with us. And we had a pass to basically come in and see the horses anytime we want. And, you know, just to just realize the different personalities, the different, techniques some of the trainers used I got really hooked uh really quick and then winning a race uh and then going on with midnight storm and winning this you know a couple of stake races it, it was over for me it's like this is an investment for the rest of my life and time money whatever it takes I'm getting it back you know look you can put a lot of money into a nice vacation or you can put it into a couple horses in a syndicate and for me, uh, it's there's no contest. It's uh, I want to be with horses. Right, Bob Lee, while joining us on the owners box, go ahead, Michelle. Bob, since you were coming into racing without growing up in it, did you find the learning curve to be challenging, or was it just easy? You know, Billy was there to hold your hand, and, and it went pretty smooth. So, Michelle, first I did grow up in horse racing to some degree. I grew up about two miles away from Sportsman's Park in Chicago. Okay. By the time I was 16 or 17, I was sneaking in for harness races uh, for, because it was free after the sixth race. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I very much uh, was involved from the gambling side of it, but from the horse ownership side of it, uh, Billy and Gary and Eventually, I got in with Aaron and Eclipse. Uh, were very good, patient with me as I asked uh, a million and fifty questions, and <laughs> even to the point where, when I wanted to get into breeding, they, you know, introduced me to uh, Travis White at TaylorMade, and you know, they've just been very good. And so, I'm staying with them. I'm not going anywhere. But I also love the fact that uh, I've got horses and babies both here and in Kentucky just was at uh, Santa Inez two days ago and went to the farm to go uh, play with uh, a newborn, which I hadn't seen. I was Aww. born on Kentucky every day. Oh, Who, who's, a, who's a by and out of, um, uh, it's pretty hard is the mayor, um, uh, who was rock hard 10 and outwork was, uh, the sire. Mm. Is it a cow bread? Well, yeah, it was, this one's not, right. but she's now in full to a grazing. So, right there, you go. It, you know, it, it is amazing, right. Bob. I, you, you be, I, I introduced you earlier. I had mentioned that, and we talked about that. You're with Little Red Feather. You do Eclipse. You have Starlight. Tell us a little bit, and and even um, my racehorse. You've done with. Uh, you've done horses with. There's so right. many different. 
uh, parts of the syndicates. I'm going to ask you the, a hard question. Pros of the, of the racing partnerships, cons of the racing partnerships. Go. But the pros of the relationship are that you get to be in a family, a club. Uh, you know, humans are tribal. They like to be part of clubs. And so I've met unbelievable people. I mean, the fact that we've only lived in California a little over 10 years, I think 90% of the friends we've made are through horse racing and through the syndicates. So it, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge benefit to be and to learn and to experience with others. Um, the yeah, downside, communal. yeah, yeah. The downside, honestly, is financial. I mean, you guys got to make money, and this is a sport where you know you have to manage expectations. And I've known, I've had several discussions with my racehorse people that, you know, you, these people come in and they think their horses are going to win the Derby and they're going to make money on every horse that they buy, and the realistic part of it is you don't. And mm-hmm. it isn't just the syndicate piece of it. It's whether, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a money pit, whether you're investing in broodmares or mm-hmm. any part of it, you have to just have realistic expectations. So it's, it's not so much a question of the downside of a syndicate. It's just managing realistic financial expectations when you go in. I think it's a very good point. Michelle? Bob, you went from being a horse owner, like you said, now you're a breeder, et cetera. I think a lot of us know you very well because you're on the TOC. Can you tell us a little bit about joining uh, the Thurbit Owners of California and why you thought that was important? Yeah, that's a good question. I, um, in 2014, when I walked away from the business world, I, I was on several boards and several consulting jobs, and I said, I'm done. I'm not going to join any more boards. Uh, I've weaned myself off of them all. I have done no consulting work since then. And when uh, Gary and um, Greg Avioli approached me uh, three, four years ago, I said, no, no. And the third time it's for the good of the sport. And and I felt like there were two things, sports wagering and Mm -hmm. AEW uh, renegotiations that needed to be done. And, uh, I could see that it wasn't going in the right direction. So I said, let me give it a try. Uh, and so I did join the board. I felt if, if I really felt strongly about the sport and the state of affairs in California, then I should do my part. And so hopefully, you know, it's, it's, it's worked for both of us. I hope. Well, it certainly worked for the TOC having you involved, Bob. I don't need to tell you that, and I think everybody would agree. There's a couple of things, uh, initiatives that are coming out, obviously, with sports wagering. Could you give our listeners, a lot of whom listen in in California and will be voting uh, for some of these ballot uh, items, can you give us a a little tutorial on your feelings about the, uh, the sports wagering bill or bills, as I should say, probably? Yeah, sure. Um it's not an easy uh, two minute, so it might take four or five minutes. That's okay. We got all the time it's in the not, world as long as you do. This is a very important I mean, matter, so you can take as long as exactly. you need. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mentioned to Billy. I, I don't think I think if you had a list of two things that have changed the sport of racing, it's you know TVG, ADWs, and sports wagering potentially could be the other big thing. It could be bigger than anything. And so there's two uh, initiatives on this November's ballot. In 2020, actually two and a half years ago, uh, I mean, that's when three years ago when I first got engaged with this, 
I know the tribe were putting something together and it was going to be on the 2020 ballot and they had enough signatures and spent over $10 million to get it on the ballot. And that was for just brick and mortar for racetracks and only casinos shut out everybody else, card rooms, arenas, seven uh, elevens, everybody else. And that would have been good. And if there was an election, I'm pretty sure it would have passed. And this was the tribes trying to get in front of, you know, the online piece of it and controlling uh, sports wagering. So we were, you know, very thankful and appreciative of the tribes and that ballot. So it, it didn't get on. It's fast forward. It's now on the ballot for this year. But in between then and now, the FanDuel's, DraftKings, MGM, and Caesars Consortium have put together an online only. And that seemed to be okay last year with the tribes um, because at that point it was, this is vote for both, uh, was the way that was going to be marketed and campaigned. And it would work, you know, you had a partner with one of the tribes if you wanted an online URL to be able to take sports wagering online. So everybody was happy. But since then, um, some of the tribes have had second thoughts and you see a lot of negative campaigning right now uh, against what they call the corporate sponsored bill. Um, the bottom line is, look, we, we are never going to get, there's 25 other states that sports wagering is legalized in and a lot of other states that we compete in, against in purses like, you know, Arkansas, Kentucky, Illinois, New York, uh, they all get some compensation either from the state. New Jersey gets it from both the state and sports wagering. There's historic racing. There's racinos. We're never going to get any of the above. Our only lifeline is sports wagering. And we will get uh, a good chunk of money if the brick-and-mortar one passes because deals will be made uh, for each of the tracks and a lot of money will come in and 50% of that will get proportioned out to purses, purse money. So that's all plus revenue for us. The online piece, we won't get any portion of anything, but what we do get is an introduction as racing to, uh, all the other companies websites, which are taking bets on baseball, football, basketball, and baseball. So, those bets will be translated into revenue, which translates eventually into purse money for us. So, for example, TVG has less than a half a million customers. FanDuel and DraftKings have 25 million that are sports gamblers. Right, right now, they can't bet on, on racing. But in, in I have to explain this, probably a merged wallet situation, which isn't available right now, when merged wallets are done, and they will be done in a year or two, then sports and Racing just becomes another sport, and you'll be able to bet on it just like anything else. And that would just uh, accelerate uh, the amount of money that's being bet on racing across the country. All amazingly and, interesting, and I'm sure you could go on for another 10 minutes. I'm going to try to dumb it down a little bit. Bob, what, mm -hmm. what, what right now – first of all, two-part question. Right now, how are we looking – uh, and, and part two, what can we do and what should we be doing as a community uh, to make sure that these uh, bills pass or these w initiatives pass? Well, right now, somebody just asked me that today, and I said it's, the score is one-to-one. -one, it's the bottom of the second inning. Um, it's early. Who's going to win? Right. Yeah. Who, he, here's the situation. Um, 
there's going to be hundreds of millions of dollars. This will be the number one issue. There will probably be 10 or 15 ballot initiatives when it's all said and done. There's still a few more that need to get more signatures. But nothing. We will dwarf whatever you're seeing now for Caruso and everything else. Mm -hmm. We will dwarf in October how much money is going to be spent. Look, California is expected to represent 10% of the U.S. Uh, sports wagering market. Wow. This is the wow. last mecca of wagering, and these companies are going to be prepared to spend and spend like crazy. They're not going to spend until July, August, September, and the heavy money will be in October right before the election. So to try to predict how these are going to go, it, it's it's really impossible right now. What we should be doing, look, I, I, I think we'll benefit from either of them passing. We'd benefit more if the brick and mortar passed, and we would mm -hmm. wish instead of the tribes putting all their emphasis and money into. And again, these are my thoughts. These, uh, this is where I say these don't represent necessarily the entire TOC. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I don't want people to think that I'm speaking for the TOC here, but this no, is just my personal thoughts. And, and, and I think we should be seriously, this is our last lifeline. We need both brick and mortar and we need to some degree online. Uh, we definitely support the tribes and their support of us, and we want to vote for that. But uh, and even though the tribes don't want the other one, uh, you know, it, it's it would benefit us to some degree if one or if only one passed, we'd want brick and mortar. Sure. If the they don't pass, then we want the other one to pass, and ideally both of them should pass. So our our play right now is both would benefit our purses. So why wouldn't we vote for both? So when there's people standing outside my target and they're like, please sign the ballot initiative, we have to be careful of which one we're voting or yeah, saying yes or they both they both garnered enough signatures. They both okay. qualified. They both will be on the ballot. All you okay. need to do is check yes or no. I'm for it or against it. OK. And we want four, obviously. Yes. And you yes. see these these. I'm going to call them. I'm allowed to say whatever I want. I don't think I'm going to get in trouble. But those commercials lately with the do you want your child's betting on games? Yes. Like it yes, seems I very it seems ridiculous, Bob. Like what? It, it's just odd. So it, 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 it seems to me and I'm not in their shoes. It's a strategic mistake on their part that from what I understand and I've got sources on both sides, but they're the you know, the the polls are showing that it's not obviously working, that they're, it's, it's kind of transparent that it's not that they're, uh, if they're against gambling, you right. know, why would they? Exactly. It's not just a, a teenager problem. It's an adult problem too. But the other thing is that, look, uh, this happened to be passed in New Jersey three years ago and they don't have a problem. Um, and right. none of the other states have got a problem. So there has to be an alternative motive to be against it. And uh, 90% supposedly on social media are suggesting that it's not because they're afraid of, you know, teenagers, but more afraid of competition. So of course, um, I, I think it's a strategic marketing mistake. I think if I were them, I would be spending a lot more money on trying to get their bill passed because let's face it, you know, you need 50.1%. And if you're in competition and you're only negatively campaigning against somebody who's going to spend more money than you are, um, mm -hmm. 
it might have been better to just try to get yours passed at least instead of just defeating the other one and giving up on yours and, yeah. give, and just spending all your money and pushing it in. I'm all in against the other one. So, I, you know, I'm not, look, I'm not trying to be their marketing person or strategist, but uh, it seems right now it's not working. And uh, I'm just surprised that they're going down that road. I know Michelle has a question. Go, Michelle. This might be a stupid question, so I apologize. There are no stupid questions, Michelle. You know <laughs> I that. I feel enough. like a lot of the times when we're talking about the sports wagering, we're really pitting, pitting or tying together just the tribes and horse racing. But what do other sports have to say? Like, are there are the Dodgers and the and the um, Lakers like? Are they like, yes, we need sports wagering too, or do larger yeah. sports entities not Look, care? No, they care a lot. Um, okay. You haven't you haven't heard from them yet, but you definitely will. Um, Major League Baseball for and there are negotiations going on between all the sports. While they're not going to come out publicly and say they're for it, they definitely see this as an event that's going to happen, and they want their pound of flesh. Sure. So, particularly for the online piece of the business, they are going to get. You know, they're going to be working with these four companies and you're going to be able to use their logo just like they gave in on fantasy sports, but they get a piece of the action. So they will be 100 percent for it. Now, when you come to specific teams, that's a, a different question. And mm-hmm. I think four years from now, there could be additional ballot initiatives, especially. And this goes back to what I think is a strategic mistake on the tribes part that it will open up if there's no brick and mortar component. Let's just say that only online passes because of the amount of money that's spent on that from all these big companies that leaves another ballot initiative to be put into play in 2024. And I almost can guarantee you that all the stadiums and all the arenas from all the major leagues will be pushing very hard. And that will erode the casinos business more so than four racetracks would. Sure. That's a really good point because they want you to go into the stadium. You go into and and you're sitting at the game and you're betting on the game and you're tailgating and you're betting on the game and you but you're using the their platform. Bellinger going to do in his next at bat? Is right. he going to strike out? Is he going to hit a home run? Here's the odds. Right. That's exactly what's going to happen. Back in the Bob, day. I feel so I feel so bad that we've taken you completely from your story and over to sports. sports no, no, this is I'm, I'm fine. With I think this, this is, is one of the guys. I'm, Billy's a bud, and I'll do whatever he, whatever direction he wants to take. <laughs> no, this is Bob Leewald uh, uh, here on the Owners Box, and I, no, Michelle, like we talked about this before, and we don't do a lot of this stuff on the show. So right. when Bob approached me, I was like, absolutely, come on, because people need to hear this. Bob called it our our last lifeline. Look. If you right. don't think California, you can look at it at certain things and you can spin it any way you want. But we have, in my opinion, now this is just me talking. I don't represent anybody, but we have short fields. Uh, we have uh, a uh, our jockeys are leaving. Uh, many trainers are leaving. Sure, everything's going to be all hunky dory in the next month when we get down to Del Mar for eight weeks. But the rest of the year, we need help. We need mm-hmm. some, something has to change. Now, I'm not smart enough to figure out what that is, but obviously Bob is, and he's part of the TOC, and they're working hard to, to, to get these initiatives to pass so that ultimately we can compete with Saratoga and, and the New York tracks and the Kentucky tracks, $127,000 allowance race I ran in the other day. Um, we just don't have that here. Am I saying anything, <clears throat> Bob, that's incorrect? 
No, you're, you're spot on. As I said, they're, they're all getting subsidized one way or the other. We'll never get those subsidies here. The fact that we're able to maintain our purse levels. Right. I mean, our purse levels should be like Pennsylvania or Illinois or West Virginia based on the fact that we don't get. It's incredible we're able to maintain. I mean, it's just a testament to, you know, to all the people who are involved in racing uh, here in California and the great job that they do. Uh, I can't, I, I'm just really surprised that we're doing as well as we are, to be perfectly honest with you, all the headwinds we've got against us here in this state compared to everybody else. Sure, and we're at the forefront of the veterinary uh, uh, issues in, in, the, yep. in the world. I mean, we just have, Michelle and I, we're going to talk about HISA later. Um, I had to register for that today. There's a whole, you know, that whole, we can we could probably have another podcast just talking about HISA or HISA. Am I, am I saying it wrong? HISA. HISA. It's HISA. HISA. Yeah. Um, uh, but Did it take you five minutes? It should have. <laughs> it, it, uh, I was so it really took, fast. It took me less than five minutes actually to register, yeah. but it, then it took me like another forty-five to uh, try to get verified. And like th- three weeks later, they still won't call me back to verify me. What do you mean verify? Really? I didn't have to get verified. You should have got an email back. A yeah, never yeah. got an email. And when I called them, they told me, uh, "Sorry, we don't know what's going on. We'll have to call you back." But they still haven't called. I did it today in five minutes, but they don't have any. Yeah. Bob, here's an idea though. We talked about syndicates earlier. They don't have a spot for syndicates, so I think. All the horses are being registered in yeah. my name. I know that 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 there's a couple of things. One is, you know, the trainers aren't getting a lot of direction right now, and vet records are a big question mark. And the second thing is, uh, what you mentioned is, who's the registered owner? We, if there's 25 owners, and I don't know how mm-hmm. I, I should give my racehorse a call and find out who's responsible is are they all responsible are they going to have multiple owners uh that's a question that i I, actually i was just on the call with rick gold and we were talking about all the heisa issues right now right before this call and that's an open question but here's the thing about heisa um two two dates you should know july 1st is where everybody has to register and i'm just Mm -hmm. concerned about you know, the exercise riders and the jockeys and them getting, you know, registered, right. let alone the trainers. Uh, the other date is January 1st, and that's really the date when all the the med regulations and the enforcement kicks in. So they're going, the approach that they're taking in with this is we just want to get everybody registered, and we know there's going to be mistakes, and we know there's going to be a lot of um, things we're going to have to fix and correct. Uh, but we're going to keep going down this path. And, and I can't argue with that approach. As long as everybody's registered and horses are registered and nobody misses a race because of that. And, you know, the TLC is going to take a lead role and work with the trainers and work with the backside and work with HISA and make sure everybody gets on board by July 1st. And then after that, we'll attack the second phase. And that's all the regulatory stuff sure. that still has a lot of question marks. Okay. But look, I, I if you, if just again, me personally, I'm 100% for nationalization of the sport. I think that we have to be more transparent. Uh, I do think that uh, if it's regulated properly and we have nothing to hide, then it, it's going to be good in the long run for us. I think a lot of feel, people feel that way, Bob Lee. Well, let's go back to horse racing. Really fun stuff. Sure. Bob, eight years ago we had lunch, and two years ago you won the Kentucky Derby. We used to have a, our our old show, Michelle and I. It was called the uh, uh, horse horse, the horse ownership, ownership experience. experience. So talk about just the experience of, of 
of winning the Kentucky Derby? Look, I, I have to be honest with you. I, I, it was, there's, there's, there's not a lot of things. I've been to 25 Super Bowls. I've, I've been, I've done a lot of things in sports, every, every championship you can imagine, but owning a horse in the Kentucky Derby is, is really something special. But I got to be honest with you, owning, I have a horse by the name of Aligato, my first homebred, my first cow bred. He wins the unusual heat in January. Um, I loved him. And I mean, I, I had as much of a kick out of that as I did, you know, uh, with, I maybe not this, not as good, but different. I, if you're in for an experience, winning a race is great. And winning the Kentucky Derby is something special. But then again, winning a Calbred and having this baby, which was, I've got pictures of the, you when know, in Fanny and Nose laying on our laps <laughs> when it was amazing. like two weeks old and petting it. So there's something special about uh, a lot of different things in sports. And winning the Kentucky Derby, no doubt about it, walking on, you know, in the, in, on the track, we did it again this year with Messier. Um, it's it's very special, but there's a lot of moments in racing that are very special to me. Uh, Bob, can I ask you why you named him Aligato? So uh, it's Aligato is thank you in Japanese, and I wanted to thank him for being my first horse in racing. And Ali, Muhammad Ali is my favorite athlete, and he's by Kitten's Joy. So it's a play on words, Ali Gata. Uh, so it has nothing to do, like, everyone's like, no, it's named after alligator in, like, Latin. I'm like, I don't <laughs> no, think so. It's like, no, there's nothing to do with no. this name. Unless it's, you like, hard with that, skin, Michelle. Like, pretty hard. Muhammad Ali and Gato in Spanish is cat. So it's Ali Cat for Kitten's Joy and Muhammad Ali. And thank you. Oh. All I love that. I love that. I, love I have a couple more questions for Bob. A, this is a half sibling to the baby you just went to go see. The outward. Yes. Yes. Aligato. Uh, Bob, I want to know, because you've been in it for a while now. You've done almost everything there is to do. What has surprised you in your in your journey? What is something that you were like, oh, man, I never thought this would happen. Or, oh, I didn't know that. Or even it could be a, a positive surprise. Being friends with me. That's well, obviously, that was probably his highlight after winning the Kentucky Derby in the unusual heat. It was knowing Michelle Yu. I think the biggest uh, surprise is the lack of organization. I, I, I was used to working with all the, the pro sports leagues, and there was, you know, I used to go to the NFL owners' meetings and sit in a room with Jerry Jones and Snyder and all these guys who have unbelievable egos, and yet they could get in a room and say, you know what, that's not good for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the worst team we have that can't make money, so it's not good for any of us. And they could put their egos aside, and they can make decisions that are good for the sport. And, I mean, no matter how hard you try or how hard you talk to people in this sport, everybody seems to have their own, you know, agenda or their own world. And it's very difficult to overcome that attitude and that mentality when we're a sport that shouldn't be trying to compete with each other, we're a sport that should be trying to aggregate our resources and work together. So I say, you know, I, I'd like us to act more like the pro sports leagues. And, you know, we've got the next 24 months are going to be critical. So I'd like to see us work closer together and aggregate our assets, which to me are our customers and our streaming rights and aggregate those. And what we need to do 
since the world is digital, is getting you know as many eyeballs on our sport as possible and getting as many wallets as possible. And the harder we work at it together, the more leverage we'll have. So what surprises me is that we continue to try to do everything on our own, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> and I, I just don't understand how some smart people in this industry do dumb things. Yeah, including, listen, we can get into another, we're not even going to bring it up, but I, I've been preaching, Michelle will tell you, I've been preaching that for for since we started the show, um, your exact comment, I don't understand it. Um, yeah. Maybe you could, maybe at some point you and I will get together and someone will shed some light on why the fact that we can't just all get together and, and figure this thing out. I say it all the time, there are very smart people working out there, and it amazes me that we just continually yeah. stub our toe, and many of it is is individuals i mean look you and i are both friendly with with the bafferts and with with bob and what he's gone through recently i wasn't going to bring it up but it, huh? it it is a black eye on our sport and in my opinion no no one is yeah. to blame except bob and i i'm I, friends I, with bob and you have I dinner with him I. all the time yep yeah <clears throat> and, and it's I frustrating the same thing. yeah you know so. but you know look in defense of bob he i'm not trying to defend yes no maybe it's he really believes in his heart of heart that the penalty doesn't fit and it's not even a crime. Sure. Um, no, I understand where he's coming from and he's, he's fighting for his legacy. He's, he's got, you know, no reason to continue to expend the kind of money and time and energy he is. And yeah, it's not good for anybody as, as this drags on, but I can't, I'm not in his shoes. I don't know, you know, yeah that the most important thing for him. So he's going to keep doing it. Absolutely. Well, I saw him, I, I ran into him at the sale the other day. I said, how are you doing? He said, 32 days. <laughs> yeah. Every day. It's a countdown. Yeah. It's a countdown. So, uh, we won't get into that. Michelle, any last thoughts with, uh, Mr. Leewald that we got to let him go. This is one of the longest uh, okay. interviews we've ever had, uh, but it's been fascinating. And Bob, you're up for reelection on the TUC this year. Would you like to, uh, in case anyone, isn't already convinced that you should be on the TOC, if not only for sports wagering, but for all the amazing insight that you've given us and the passion that you've shown us. Would you like to give um, your case? No, I listen. I let the voters decide. I, I appreciate the three years I've been on the board. If if the voters decide to give me three more, I certainly will do my best to fulfill and exceed their expectations and I'll, I'll let them decide who they want to vote for, who's the best people. Yeah. Well, if you don't vote for Bob Lee, well, if you don't vote for Bob, I, I don't know. Um, I'll, all right. I'll leave it with this. Um, we always kind of at the end ask for a little bit of advice, Bob. Oh, wait, 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 go ahead. Sorry, go. Bob. Who's your favorite yeah. horse? Who's my Aligato? Aligato. Oh, I okay. I mean, that was easy. I thought you were well, going to get us like know. a stumper or something, some kind of. No, that might not. I mean, yeah, it's his homebred, but like maybe it was his first horse. Maybe it's his first steak. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many, okay. you know. Okay, Well, listen, I, I love authentic. Uh, I have, uh, uh, you know, I, I love different horses with different personalities. I've got mm -hmm. the first Midnight Storm baby by the name of Venom, uh, Phenom rather. And uh, I love that horse just because her personality is so sweet. She, You can't go up to her without her putting her head on your shoulder and begging to be hugged. Um, <laughs> awesome. So every horse, you know, you fall in love with horses for different reasons, whether, right. but Aligato has just been scanned at Santa Anita. He's clear to go and will be racing at uh, Delmar. So that is, is my first homebred Calbred, And for now, my favorite.
That's awesome. All right, let let me go back to my question, which is think of a new owner out there listening to this show right now, and and what's the most important piece of advice that you would give them as they start their journey in horse ownership? Do homework. Um, Understand what the expectations are. Understand that this is a great experience. If you love, you know, like I got in, sports, gambling, animals. Uh, It's just a very rewarding experience, but do your homework. Don't have these crazy expectations uh, of winning the Kentucky Derby. It's one, you know, 20 horses out of 20,000 every year. And that uh, most horses don't make money. It's not a profitable business. Uh, Be realistic. But on the other hand, it's, there's value in it from the experience level. And you can't put a, a financial number on that. Beautiful. Well said. Well said, my friend. It wasn't that hard, was it? Coming on, I mean, I had to, I kind of had I to twist your arm a little. Be hard. Never hard. No, I. Did you enjoy I, it? I, I listen, Billy. If you, if you enjoyed it, I enjoyed it. I am very <laughs> I we, well. I really enjoyed it, Michelle. I do you, Michelle. When we stop, Michelle's going to say how great this was. I know it. Hundred <laughs> percent. I'm just look whatever you guys need. If it's for the sport, I'm all for it. It all right. helps. Even more so. Continued success, Mr. Lee Wald. We appreciate Back you spending you the time both. with us today. We'll see you at the track. You got it. All right. Take that's care. Bob Lee Wald here on the Owner's Box. We'll take a quick break. Come right back. Fixed odds betting powered by BetMakers is back and in effect at Monmouth Park, and the early returns are fantastic, with 70% of winners paying more on fixed odds than they are on the tote. Soon, fixed odds wagering will be available throughout the state. This is an exciting new way to bet that really puts the power to get value in your hands. The odds you bet are the odds you get. You'll be you'll be continuing to hear a lot more about fixed odds betting opportunities across the In the Money Media Network. Wow, I mean, I'm kind of exhausted, like in I a good way. I feel that we kind of went off on a tangent with him, and like, but. I think that it's so important, the the things that we were talking about. And I love the way that he explained it. It was so nice to have, like, questions answered. You know, and he did it in a very eloquent way, in a very simple way. And I think I'm gonna, I 100% agree with you, Michelle. People need to listen to this. And people need to go up and talk to guys like Bob. And don't be afraid to introduce yourself or call, you know, people at the TOC or the CTT or whoever it is. And, and try to get involved and, and make sure you push for these initiatives because it is very, 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 very mm-hmm. important here in Southern California. So, um, again, thank you, Bob, uh, for joining us today. I think that was pretty, pretty amazing. And the stories, I mean, in eight years, he's gone from literally no horses to really he, he's a huge owner in this game. Right. I think it's pretty. It's a, And by the way, give Lucy credit, too. Lucy, if you don't know Lucy, you're you're really missing out because she is an absolute dynamo. She is so smart and she's just a very she's a wonderful person. She's caring and she she she'd give you the shirt off her back if you, if you needed it. You know what I mean? That's the kind of person right. she is. Everybody at the barn loves her. When she meets people, she's just so outgoing. Um and and she uh she makes Bob uh, look even better than he already does. So kudos to lucy um all right michelle i wanted to bring up because we we talked about the belmont but Mm -hmm. i didn't even tell you that i'm going first of all i know i just i had to hear it now yeah and um i'm excited not just for the belmont stakes but there are uh, there's breeders cup winning your in races and i mean 
it's going to be a massive day. It's going to be a great day. I love when racetracks do this and they put together a whole entire like festival day surrounding a really big race. So we had a huge day over at Santa Anita with the Breeders' Cup kicking off their winning year in series with the Shoemaker Mile. And now it continues on to Belmont Park. Um, it does. They are going to show the races live on NBC, but it does include the Met Mile, the Stallion Maker, uh, the Ogden <laughs> Phipps and the Chiper. And I, I mean... Okay, is Flightline going to win? That's like the biggest question of the whole weekend, right? It's like I, yes or no. Okay, all right. Here's what I'm going to say. Okay. As a, if you're betting, right? I don't think you can bet on Flightline at one to five or whatever he's going to be, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any sense. First of all, shipping to New York, which he's never done. Running on Big Sandy, which he's never done. Running a mile, which he's never done. You have so many things up against him. I'm not saying he's not one of the most brilliant horses I've ever seen in my life. But from a betting standpoint, like it to me is a huge bet against because you just got to try to find some value somewhere unless mm-hmm. you're going to just go single him and your pick threes, pick fours, pick fives, whatever. And then you're going to try to get some prices. Right. Are you, are you just saying, hey, this is a free spot on the bingo card. I don't care. Well, uh, I got to I got to see. I mean, I will say this. I always try and you know and who's running favorites. against him other than Speaker's no. Corner. I know. No, Speaker's but Corner. his last work was. I mean, is like, that good or bad? Holy good, holy cannoli! Like, it was good. Yeah, he's he's a brilliant, brilliant animal. They've taken their time. Um, and look for. Let me just say one thing for the sport. I hope he goes out and wins and dominates and wins by ten. Mm-hmm. And is it just? An, I mean, he's already a superstar, and then he'll be a super duper star. Um, for the sport, I think it'd be great. I'm just talking purely gambling value. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if he's going to lose a race, this might be the one he loses, right? Could be. Okay. Anyway. Unless so he's just that line. brilliant. Breeders' Cup winning your in for the uh, for the mile. So I mean, not the mile, dirt mile, I should say. Dirt mile. Big dirt ass mile. fans. Dirt. Big ass fans is the funniest sponsorship of all time. You know what? I would love a big ass fan, but they are expensive. Maybe we need big ass fans to sponsor the show. Just to have one in my house? Yeah, we'll just call him up. Hey, we want you on the owner's box. I would love a big-ass fan in my house, please. All right, what's coming up at Santa Anita, Michelle? Okay, so coming up this weekend at Santa Anita, um, obviously we have racing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The feature on Saturday is the Grade 3 Affirmed. The feature on Sunday is the Summertime Oaks. Um, we are also going to be having the Family Fun Zone going on throughout the weekend and also the $1,500 Belmont Handicapping Challenge at Santa Anita on Saturday. You can register um, right at santanita.com or at ExpressBet, and they're going to have some really great prizes, including an entry into the 2020 Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge. We call it the BCBC, which is a $10,000 buy-in, just so you know. Nice. Um, and we're also going to have two seats at the NHC, three seats in the 2023 Pegasus World Cup Betting Championship, and also a cash prize pool. Sounds like a, lot. Sounds like a fun day. Right? I want to say something, Michelle. I want to thank all the people that listen to the show. I, I have more than ever, and I don't know what's going on out there. It must be the In The Money media platform. Um, there are people coming up to me left and right. There are people calling me about horses and investing. There are, it is something has flipped and I appreciate, and I know Michelle does all of your support, uh, for this show. We, 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 we try to bring you interesting guests. I think Bob Leewald was absolutely incredible today. Uh, kudos to Bob and, um, thank you to all our sponsors for who make this happen. Uh, Gainsway and TaylorMade and Betmakers and Santa Anita and Delmar is just, I mean, it's almost Delmar, Michelle. This is crazy. I know. We're flying by. We're going to do two more shows. 
Uh, we're going to finish out Santa Anita. We're going to take a quick break during the Los Al meet in the summer. We're going to give Michelle a little time off to be with her family. Then we're going to come back once Saratoga starts and Del Mar starts and get back into it. We always have a lot of fun at Del Mar because Michelle and I get to do the show together most of the time. And um, just an awesome show today. I'm really happy. Me too. Okay. Well, we'll see you next week. All right. Sounds good. Bye.